So also one of the things uh, is this, is we want you to recognize and just say, Lord, I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy to be a part of the assembly of God. Something special happens when we come together. Something special special happens when we join together in the assembly. We do we take a physical act and God turns it into supernatural. You see it in Acts when they're sitting there praising God in the prison. But in the prison Right there, all of a sudden, they come together, they start worshiping God. Paul and Silas, they hit their knees, they're worshiping, even after bad things have happened, and the, the bondages break off of everybody in the prison. Today, as you get in expectation, as you get in expectation, things can completely break off of you and the people next to you. So don't just sit back and listen. Say, Lord, I'm going to listen in faith. I'm going to listen in hope. I'm going to receive what you have for me. Amen? Glory to God. All right, so show me uh, your hallelujah headlights. Let me see them. Hallelujah, I see them. Glory to God. Show me your holy hand-waving wipers. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> this stuff I've never been able to do on the inside in the sanctuary is special today. Listen, we love you. We're excited. One thing I wanted to tell you is this. You know, in April, it's supposed to be that April showers bring May flowers, right? April showers. We went, do you realize, we had drive-in church all the way through April it was supposed to rain multiple days. We said, Lord, it can't rain. It can't rain. You've got to hold it back. And it pushed back just long enough. We're pulling in equipment. It starts raining. Tell them to turn the monitors down just a touch. All of a sudden, here it is. We had zero rain on Sunday morning during our services the whole month of April. That's supernatural. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for it. And today, what a beautiful day. So... I want to call somebody up here that's very special to me uh, today. You can go ahead and come, Shane. Uh, there's a guy here that is that we've known each other longer than anybody else here, including my wife. We knew each other at the end of 1992 was our first introduction. Uh, this is Shane Bruce. We were both in the Marines together. And I want him to share, as we step into the message today, come on up here. As we step into the message today, I want him to share a quick testimony of what a witness can do and what fruit can do in our lives. We're talking about it's time for an awakening. We need to wake up to what our responsibility is as believers, as Christians, and we need to wake up to those things. Even when, and I told them the other day as we were talking, even when I really wasn't walking every way that I should, there was a fruit and a life on the inside of me that made a difference in his life. He let me hear the testimony the other day, and, and we've been friends for a long, long time. Um, done some things he shouldn't tell you about up here, but we're not going to talk about those. He's known me longer than anybody else. He remembers when Nicole and I met and when we started dating. And uh, man, I'm so glad to have you. He told me he's coming, bringing his family today. Hey guys, his 
lovely wife Jenny and all the kids. We love you. We're so excited to have you. And uh, I just, I'm glad to have you here, man. I love you so much. And uh, so praise God. It's good to see you. Tell them, tell them what you feel led to on your heart. Well, first off, uh, I've known Brian and Nicole for over 25 years, and you guys have a real deal as a pastor. Like, I, I just absolutely vouch for him. He's the real deal. His heart is gold. He loves the Lord. Um, and I know he loves all of you. You know, I, I just reflect on that uh, song that they sang last, uh, Waymaker, and, and I really believe that I'm a walking miracle. Um, at, at 21 years of age, uh, I had the deck stacked against me. And my, my parents, uh, the furthest they made in school was eighth grade. They were, um, uh, I lived, they were active drug dealers in the community. Uh, I was arrested uh, for felony charges when I was uh, just uh, 17 years old. My life was headed in a wrong direction. Uh, I'd never been to a church. My, 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 my parents never went to church. I, I can't recall ever actually stepping into a church until... Uh, much later in my life and um and the lord started doing two things uh the first off i found a lot of success because even though i had the deck stack, stacked against me i knew how to work hard and uh and i worked hard and I, I found a lot of success in the world and the lord started taking those things away from me he took away my health uh, he took away uh, some of my relationships um, and 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 really started to um, take away some of those things that i took a lot of pride in but, but that just made me a defeated, lost person. The next thing that he did is what really changed my heart and changed my life. And that is he started putting people in my life that started to show me a different way, to start to show me the love of Christ. Um, and, and Brian was, was one of these people. Brian was recently engaged and moved from Greensboro to Charlotte to live with me. Now, Nicole probably didn't think that was a very great idea, but over the next uh, year, year and a half, Brian lived in front of me what Christ was trying to show me was, was the right way to go. So I, I was a very sinful person. Uh, I, was, uh, I had a lot of issues, a lot of sin in my life, but, but Brian was a constant reminder even though he, it's funny because the way he tells the story, you know, he wasn't living uh, the way he wanted to. But, but, but God put him in my life to show me that there was something different. Um, and so I, I constantly was curious what made Brian do these things? What made him act this way? He constantly shared with me that love of Christ. And brother, I tell you, he used you in an amazing way. Um, you know, the family that, uh, that I have over here and the life that I live now, I, I attribute number one to the Lord Jesus in my life, but you showed me the way, brother, and I'll forever love you for that. God's so good. Amen. God's so good. I love you. Amen. Yeah, so good. Heavy. Amen. Thank you. So when we step into, when we step into what we're called to do, God can shine through us. You know, one of the things that I look at is, you know, I wasn't perfect. I didn't have all my ducks in a row. But Shane was telling you how he saw something different. If I, if I told the story, I, I would be telling about all the pieces where I was struggling to do the right things. And yet, even in the midst of struggling, even in the midst of me struggling, 
there was a power of God in that. George, I don't know where he went to. This mic is cutting out. Bring that uh, back. Even in the midst of me struggling, God was moving through. It just had to take somebody that would make excuse for Christ instead of making an excuse for their flesh. There were things, you know, we, I got up, I moved, I went down there. That wasn't necessarily the easiest or the most fun, and definitely Nicole was not the happiest while we were dating. But one of the things that's important is I knew God told me to go there. I knew he told me to go there. The question is, are we willing to put our life on the line to be who God's called us to be? Many times we say that we are on Sunday morning, but when it gets to Monday morning, when it gets to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're not willing to make the same decisions that we amen and feel the anointing on on Sunday. But it's time for us to wake up and be those people all the time. God can use you in a great and mighty way. When that testimony was happening, I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't even living every way. I just was trying to go after God. And if you will get serious and turn around and go after him, God will use you. It's not just about five-fold ministers, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists. It's not just about them. It's about what God wants to do through your life. And he wants to do great and mighty things through you. We've been talking about it's time for an awakening. This morning we're talking about the snooze button. The snooze button. Now I want to tell you this. In Mar on March 15th of this year, I just gotten back from Africa from being there a month and, and preaching the gospel and training ministers and pastors, and I just returned. I woke up on Sunday morning to come and preach to you. And when I came, as soon as I woke up that morning, as soon as I woke up that morning, all of a sudden, I heard in my spirit strong the word of the Lord that said, it's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. And if you remember that morning, I preached on that, and it went great, and the anointing was there, and God was backing it up. He said, it's time for an awakening. Well, little did I know that a month before that, on February 6th, there was actually a testimony, a vision that we'd had in prayer. I listened to a message that I wasn't able to listen to while I was gone to Africa. And I heard Barrett, who had seen in prayer the world covered with darkness, almost like a very dark oil. I saw the world, she saw the world covered from top to bottom with a complete darkness and she was wondering what's going to happen and when that darkness covered the earth completely from the top to the bottom she saw Jesus take something like a match and flick it at the earth and instantly that match hit and she said it looked like on the east coast and the whole world was aflame with the fire of God instantly aflame with the fire of God and then Jesus spoke these wor words strong. It's time. 
it's time for an awakening, and that's the series that we're in. Here's one of the things, though. If you don't know that you're asleep, that's the problem. And what we don't realize is that actually most of the church, even though many people have gone on Sunday mornings and, and they've checked the box, I go to church, I'm a good person, they don't realize that according to the word, they're actually asleep. And they think, what's worse? What's worse, not doing anything good or thinking that you're doing good when in reality you're not? Jesus gives us this warning and, and he says, look, there's going to be many of you that get to heaven, not just a few, many, that they'll get to heaven and say, Lord, Lord, and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Can you imagine the fret that will be in their heart during that time? You know, I think that many times uh, Christians today in America, I think that the church is going to, I think many people are born again. They're going to get to heaven. They know Jesus. But I think they're going to get there and think that, you know, Jesus is going to be like, oh, you're so awesome. You, you went to church every Sunday. And we're going to find out. I think we're going to see a vast awakening in heaven that says, you could have done this, and you could have done this, and, and I don't think he's going to be sitting there trying to strike us down with what we didn't do, but I think we are going to be discouraged at an opportunities that we had that we didn't take advantage of. We're going to say, Lord, I really wish I could lay at your feet these crowns. I wish I could give you more souls. I could have brought more souls. With. I wish, Lord, that I would have trusted you more and had more hope. And we're going to have an awakening. The question is, do we choose to awaken there or do we choose to awaken here? The Bible very clearly tells us we need to awake here. And not just in heaven. There's a job to do here. Many times you've heard me ask it. Why, why do we not just, when we're born again, why don't we just zip right up to heaven and get raptured right then? Truly, it would be better for us just to go be with Jesus. Because there's a mission on this earth that God has ordained since the garden to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth, to spread the blessing of God everywhere we go. We are carrying the light. We are carrying the preserving factor of salt. Our job is to carry the light of God everywhere we go. It's not that we're awake when we get there and that that's the great prize. The great prize is that we already have eternal life and we can walk in it today, walk in it here and be used by God. That'll be great. It's going to be awesome. But what are we doing about it? These verses, Psalms 17, verse 15. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I'm awake. He says, look, when I walk in righteousness, I will see you for who you are. And when I wake up and I see you, when I awake, 
I will be completely satisfied. In other words, when we have an awakening, everything that we ever need, everything that we ever want, we will be completely satisfied through Jesus Christ when we wake up to him. There's nothing that he's holding back. Nothing. Romans 13, 11 and 12. Do this knowing the time. That it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. It's already the hour to awaken. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Revelation 16, 15. Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. See, when we start to wake up, the, the shame that we would have goes away. Ephesians 5.14 For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine on you. That's an awesome thing. Christ will shine. Is there anybody that would like for Christ to shine on you? Can you imagine what that looks like? Can you imagine what that feels like? You know, I think many times we've tasted a piece of it. But what if Christ, in all his glory, does what this verse says? He shines in his fullness on you. Can anybody imagine it? Is there anybody that would like that? Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, awaken our hearts today. Awaken our hearts today. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about the reality of hell. The reality of an eternity also with God. And a reality. This is a reality. We talked about the rich man. And how he woke up in hell. Finally he awakes, but it's too late. He's in hell. He awakes at that moment, but it's too late. He's in torture. He's in pain. If only he would have awoken on the earth. The thing about heaven and hell is, it's not something to play with. It's not something that we should just be like, yeah, I believe in it. No, it's something. Jesus says, look, there is a reality of heaven and hell. And basically the context of the Bible says, we don't want to play around with that. We do not want to play around with it. We don't want to play around with it for the bad things in hell. But we also don't want to play around with the good things we can have in heaven. There are different awards and rewards in heaven that are different based on what we do here. And I promise you, when you stand in front of Jesus and your life is on display, you want to be able to hand him every crown that you were awarded by what you do here. It's a reality that we don't want to play with. We talked about how the rich man said, Oh, Jesus, please, Abraham, he said, Abraham, please send, send someone back from the dead to tell my brothers tell them they need to know that this place is real and then right at that moment abraham says look if they did not receive 
Moses and the prophets, they wouldn't receive it even if somebody raised from the dead. So what is he saying? He's saying, your brothers, dear rich man, your brothers have the responsibility to awaken simply by what God's already given them. We have this Bible. We have this Word. Our job is to awake. And just like it was the rich man and his brother's responsibility to take responsibility and wake up, it's also our responsibility as well. It's not something to play with. We talked about the prodigal son. How the prodigal son was sitting there. He had believed the deception. Then all of a sudden, he gets to the place where he comes to his senses. He wakes up. Man, even the slaves in my father's house have it better than me. Why don't I just go home? Even if I'm a slave or a servant, I'll have it better than desiring what the pigs want. He woke up. He came to himself. Many times, of course, we apply that to people that don't know Jesus, the lost son, but we see that the older son, the one who stayed in his father's house, he also needed to wake up. He starts to get mad. He says, hey, look, this, this young son, he did all this sin. He did all these things. And you're throwing him a party. And the father, with all his love, looks to him and says, son, everything I have is yours. Do you know that? Are you awake to that? That you're mine and I'm yours and everything I have is yours. Many times we have at our disposal so much stuff. Um, I think about the young boy with the loaves and fishes. The disciples were sitting there going, you know, we don't have enough to feed these people. But the young boy in his childlike faith said, I'm awake, here's my, here's my sandwich. Here's my lunch. And the disciples who weren't fully awake yet were saying, what is this among so, so, so many? How can this do it? Jesus says, bring it here. This young boy is awake to what he has. He has a heart to give. He has a heart to be like Christ. And if he'll simply take what's in his hands, like what we were saying with that testimony, if he'll simply take what's in his hands, all of a sudden, he'll hand it to Jesus. God will multiply it by himself, by an unlimited love and compassion. And all of a sudden, the smallest thing can turn into a supernatural victory. We have to awake to who we are. We have to awake to what we have. We have to awake to what we're called to do. Stop wasting time and get on with it. Last week, we talked about a good recipe is shared. In other words, if you know a really good recipe, you generally are telling everybody about it. If Julie or Johnny, man, they can cook. All these people in the church, there's so many people that can cook. Just the other day, uh, somebody was telling me about Chelsea. They're like, man, she can cook. And all of a sudden, see, why did they tell me about that? Because she can. And they want to take their blessing and get it to other people. But here's the thing. How come the world does not know about Jesus yet? Because although we may have received a good thing, 
An awake person shares that good thing. In the world, it's estimated, I've been talking about this, in the world, it's estimated that there's over 2 billion professing Christians. What I've found is the people that put on the fruit of Christianity would fall into the class called evangelicals. There's over 600 million evangelicals in the world. Do you realize that if every evangelical got about the Father's business and started winning souls, tomorrow there would be 1.2 billion. If they all won one person to the Lord today, tomorrow there would be 1.2 billion Christians. And if every one of those did it again the next day, there would be 2.4 in a matter of days. Even if the new people did win in a matter of 13 days, if all the evangelicals simply won one person to the Lord, it would be over 8 billion people won to the Lord. 13 days. What are we waiting on? You know, we want to look at the Israelites wandering around in the desert, and we're like, how can they go 40 years what should have taken a few weeks? And yet, 13 days from now, we could have won the whole world if we'll get busy. Are we awake? Today, we recognize, we learn. How do we recognize the state that we're in? Are we snoozing or are we awake? In 1992, around October, I was in third phase of boot camp. It's about the same time that Shane showed up at Paris Island. We were going through a week they called Hell Week. It was a week where they keep everybody awake and work them and they're doing duty, they're doing work like KP duty all throughout the week. There's several weeks I think you could have classified as Hell Week, but this was one of them. I got chosen, I got chosen to stayed back at the barracks while everybody else went and did the work. I had to do the work there, me and three other guys, a total of four of us. But the, the key was we also had to pull fire watch, which you have to have two people on fire watch minimum. So that meant half the night, half the night, we had to watch fire watch, and then we got to only sleep half the time in a week where sleep was already minimal. Well, by the end of the week, I'd not gotten much sleep. And you ever have one of those times where you're waking up, but you're not fully awake yet, and you don't know where you are, and you don't know what you're thinking? And, and you know, it's funny because in those times when you're snoozing, but you're not fully awake, your logic's really weird. I mean, I can figure out ways how not to go and do a responsibility just like that when I'm half asleep. I can figure out, I don't want to go do this. There's got to be a reason in my head, in my logic, that I can still sit here and not wake up. This was one of those days because of a lack of sleep. And, of course, as a recruit, I heard on uh, Shane's testimony that I listened to this week, one of the lowest life forms on earth is a recruit at Marine Corps boot camp. And if you don't know it, they'll teach it to you very quickly. And I was one of those lowest life forms. And you only answer that drill instructor with, sir, you only start 
a statement with sir and you end it with sir. There's a respect you give to those drill instructors that is not to be crossed. We learned that from day one, and of course I knew it, but I was asleep. I was not awake. I was snoozing. And I'd been assigned a task that night, and that task had not been done. Because the second group of Firewatch had been sitting there, and the task that I gave them, they did not accomplish because they fell asleep. But I was the guy in charge. So I'm sitting here because they fell asleep. They didn't prepare the rest of the group and make sure that people were ready to get up like we normally do. We had a system worked out. Well, I'm sitting there tired from the week. I'm still asleep. They, they yell, lights. All of a sudden the lights come on, but I'm in that snoozing phase. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. But my drill instructor comes out and he says, right. And I'm like, in that snoozing phase, did my name just get called? What's going on? And I'm dreaming in that state that something else is happening. But about that time, the drill instructor says, I guess my work didn't get done last night. Did it right. And I said, in all snoozy non-logic guess not sir and oh man did I have an awakening coming because <laughs> at that moment all I can tell you is it looked like a tornado was coming at me and where I was laying in the bed a few seconds later I was knocked out of the bed underneath the next bed and then I got PT'd for hours enough where there were recruits that thought that I was going to die and I wasn't sure that they were wrong. I got, I got PT'd and I got PT'd. There was like a puddle inside like six feet wide puddle of sweat hours after hours because of that. Why was I in that position? Because I was snoozing when I should have been awake. I was snoozing. There are repercussions to Christians who snooze. Many times we just place the awakening at the point of salvation. But what about the awakening of the older brother? How do we know if we're snoozing or not? See, awake people will produce what matters. When I'm asleep, I can't produce. When I'm asleep, I, I have no product. I have no fruit. I have, I have no production. I only produce when I awake. Now, God can give to us in our sleep. Psalms 127 shows us that. But when my responsibility, I can only produce... When I'm awake, being awake comes down to what are we producing? But the question really is, are we producing biblical fruit? Because what does it matter if you produce what some other person thinks you ought to produce, but you get to heaven and find out that's not what you were called to produce? What if we build a great big organization, we call it church, but God never told us to? What if, what if we go into uh, the world and we work for an employer, but then we get up to heaven and God says, I called you to minister the gospel. 
What becomes very important is that we produce fruit that matters, that we produce biblical fruit. How do we know? It's all about fruit. In John chapter 15, it says this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it might produce more fruit or bear more fruit. To Jesus, it's very important that we become active, awake members in the body of Christ that produce the fruit of God. That whole first half of that chapter goes on talking about this fruit. It goes on and on and on. You must produce fruit. So then we need to ask ourselves, what is the fruit that we're called to? Say it with me. Say, it's time for an awakening. Now, say it where I can hear it. Everybody was like, it's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. Amen. That's so much better. Y'all sounded like you woke up. Matthew 28. Awake people constantly bear not just fruit, but biblical fruit. Awake people bear biblical fruit. It doesn't matter what we think we should do. What matters is what does Jesus think we should do? What kind of fruit does Jesus say that we should bear? So you see Matthew 28, it says verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. He says, I've got all authority. We know that this begins the Great Commission. The first fruit that we need to be making is souls, winning souls, and making disciples. How is it that in 13 days, if we got busy producing, we could win the world to Jesus, and yet we've sat here for decades and centuries, and the world's not won? We've been roaming around in the desert just like the Israelites, fussing at God. When are you coming? When can we go to the promised land? And our job is to say, Jesus, I might not even know how to win a soul today, but I see this as biblical fruit. Let me get after you, figure out what to do, and start becoming a soul winner. Who's this for? The pastors? No. It's for every believer. He says, verse 19, Go therefore. And make disciples. Make them. Bring them into being. And the ones that are, take them to the place where they are disciplined after God. A disciple is somebody that's disciplined after Him. So you could leave them alone in the middle of a dark place and they would keep following God. No matter what they face, they would go after God. Going back to the Marines, we had our general orders. 
There's things that happen where we could sit there and, and the general didn't have to be there. The drill instructor didn't have to be there. We would be on our post guarding and they could trust us that we will guard that post, that we will produce fruit. This is a disciple. This is somebody who's disciplined after God that will keep doing it no matter who's watching. I'm going to go after God because that's what disciples do. We also need to have supernatural revelation. Supernatural revelation is a part of fruit. I'm not talking about something where you're like, oh man, that was a great point in the sermon. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the revelation of God where we are digging into our relationship with Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, you know, when you get to know the truth and you walk in it, the truth will set you free. I'm talking about supernatural revelation. When you apply it, a freedom comes into your life. But not only that, it overflows into other people's lives as well. There's a supernatural truth and revelation that breaks the captive free. He says, to these disciples that you're making... Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. How can we teach what God's commanded us if we haven't studied to show ourselves approved? If we haven't gotten in the Word? See, a fruit of our relationship, a fruit of being awake, is that we are constantly seeing more truth. Seeing more revelation in God. God's opening up things to us. How can that keep on and on and on? Because God's that big. He's that big. He's that good. He's that deep. He's that wide. There's so much in Him. You're not going to exhaust Him. And you just keep on in your relationship and all of a sudden God opens up something. When we're not awake or maybe we've been lulled back to sleep, hit the snooze button, you know. When all of our stories about God are a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. What did we do last week? What did we do last month? Where's the ongoing relationship with God? The fruit of of an intimacy with Jesus Christ. Where's the fruit of intimacy? If we're awake and we recognize that we're awake, we see that we are preachers and our prayers are answered. We are preachers of the good news. Our prayers are answered and the power of God is released. Mark 16, verse 15. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. I ask you this question. Shout it at me. Who's he talking to? Amen. It's not somebody else. We have to take it personally. Who's he talking to? Go into all the world. And what? Preach. We should have the goodness of God on our lips, coming out of our lives. If when I was at one of my lowest, God could still preach through me to Shane, then certainly if we wake up and we put effort behind it, God can do something supernatural through you.
Verse 16, he who has believed, not just the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, he who has believed, that's, he's talking to every one of us. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs, these fruit, this fruit will accompany those who have believed. Say it with me. Say, I'm a believer. Then this fruit, these signs will accompany that thing. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. In other, in other words, if somebody had harm and they were trying to get harm to the believers, he's saying, look, they won't even be harmed. If something like that happens. Why? Because we believe it's a fruit of God's power. Look at this. He says, the ones that believe, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We're not talking about a fruit that just happens every now and then. We're talking about a fruit of an awake believer. This is what Jesus prophesied and said. These signs will follow those that believe. The question is, are we an awake believer? Then we'll have personal fruit, a heart and a soul change. 1 Timothy 1.5 But the goal of our instruction is that people will have love from a pure heart. We want to get to the place where love comes out of us no matter what, and it always has the right motivations. I'm not loving on people just to build a big church. No, I'm loving on people because I've got the fruit of Christ in me. I'm, we're not loving on people just to get them to come to our business or to get a handout from them or to get favor with them. No, we're loving on them. Whether we gain or lose, we don't care. We're giving them the love of Christ. Love from a pure heart. A good conscience. Many people have been born again by God. And 2 Corinthians 5 says that they have been made now the righteousness of God in Christ. But many people over the years, I've seen it, where they don't know that they're actually made righteous. They may still have some tendencies in their flesh, and they think more about the tendencies of their flesh than they do of the renewed inner man. And so their conscience is not clear. They're constantly thinking more about sin than the work of Christ in their life, and their, their esteem is so low that they have, they have such a hard time believing that God would do anything for them. How can he love me is many times the thought. But a clear conscience is not only putting faith in what God has done, but it's also saying, I will walk. I will have the fruit of walking in holiness, of walking in a righteousness of Jesus Christ. This is the fruit. Third thing is a sincere faith. Our faith should rise to new levels. Our faith should rise to new levels. We should not be satisfied with a faith that has not grown in months. But our faith should rise up to new levels in Christ every day. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word in our intimacy with God. We're constantly moving to the places 
of the word and so faith is rising up this is a fruit of an awake believer galatians 5:22 the fruit of the spirit what kind of fruit do we have in the fruit of the spirit fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control Against such things there is no law. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work inside of us. Yet, many times, we even have people that are afraid to put a church sticker on their car because I don't know how I might act in traffic. You know, it's a reality. We should grow to the place where we say, you know what, I'm going to put down my flesh. Let that sticker be a reminder that I don't need to tell somebody they're number one. Amen. <laughs> There's a fruit of the Spirit that we should be walking in on a regular basis. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Today's message is a message where we examine ourselves and we examine the fruit of our life. We stop making excuses for it because here's why. How can the world wake up to a light that's still asleep how can the world wake up to a light that's still asleep how can the world wake up to a light that's under a bushel and covered and not producing any fruit we can't get upset with the world for not being awake if we've not taken the time to say Lord am I producing this biblical fruit every day of my life or am i making excuses i'm i'm accepting the check mark of sunday morning service we've got to get real with our lives and let jesus draw us let the holy ghost draw us to the fruit that he talks about john 3:16 says this john 3:16 says that i'm getting you to the place where you can walk in the eternal life that eternal life begins the moment that you know jesus the moment that you've received him the moment that you decide to take him as lord and savior that life begins right then but many times we simply give that life off into the future of heaven but yet john 17:3 says this is eternal life that you know the Father and the Son. That you're in intimacy with Him. The fruit of an awake believer is an intimacy with God. Such a trust, such an intimacy. Over our marriage, over these over 20 years now, there's things Nicole will do. She can just look at me and give me a look. And I know I better straighten up. She can just give me a look. And I know it's time for me to stop doing what I'm doing. Now, sometimes I give her a look back. And she knows 
I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. And that's when it gets announced to the kids, your daddy's going to get beat tonight, children. I'm, uh, say, let, it, let, it, let them know they need to talk to me and, and wish me good luck before they go to bed. Because as soon as they're out of sight, she's going to let me have it. Of course, what you do, how do we know those looks that we give to each other? How do we know that? Because we've been in intimacy for over 20 years. I know what she's thinking. She knows what I'm thinking. There's a fruit of an intimate relationship. There's a fruit of a fellowship that is not something way off. It's not just, hey, how are you doing? And we never talk. No, we talk all the time. There's the fruit of intimacy. Do we have the fruit of intimacy with our Father that knows Him? Just like John 17, 3 says, to know Him, the Father and the Son. Just like a husband knows a wife. Do we know Him? Do we know when the Lord is happy? Do we know when He's upset? Can we feel His presence in our lives? Look at that same verse in the Amplified. And this is eternal life. The very thing that Jesus gave His life for you and I to have. The thing He wanted us to get to. This is it. Eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with. And understand, you, Father, the only true and real God. And likewise, to know Him, Jesus, as the Christ. To know Him as the Anointed One, as the Messiah and His anointing, whom you sent. This is the fruit. Are we awake? Are we still hitting the snooze button in our lives? Are we winning souls and making disciples? Are we growing in supernatural revelation? Are we praying and our prayers are being answered and the power of God's being released? Are we seeing the fruit in our the fruit of the spirit in our lives? Love, joy, peace. Are we constantly making excuses? Well, I'm just not there yet. Are we awake? Or are, have we been hitting the snooze button and in our sleepiness, our snoozing, our logic is all off? I think you can simply look at the numbers of Christianity growth in the world because here's the thing, if, if you see an awake person if you see an awake person, they're carrying something with God. They're carrying a fire. They're carrying an anointing of God. And you just know there's something about that person. They got something going on. I might not know how to describe it. I might not have it yet. But I know they're carrying something that's real, that's genuine. This world is looking for something real and genuine today. And we've got the answer in Jesus Christ. All we have to do is wake up, get out of our snooze, and say, Lord, I'm going after you. And just like the little boy 
with a little lunge, Jesus will say, nobody else recognizes it or esteems it, but I can use it. And you might not be coming from much. You might not be coming from a good background. You might be, uh, praise God, there's a reason why you're here today. You might be coming from a background of drug dealers and felonies. But God will say, if you give me your heart, everything will change. Give me your heart and watch what I can do. You might have felt, I know you don't think the same way as you used to, but you might have thought, man, can I still go on and do this? And God says, just give me your lunch and watch what I can do. And I'll do great and mighty things. I'll do exploits as you're intimate with me. He's got great and mighty plans. Just the Lord saying, just give me what you have. Give me what's in your hand. Wake up. Stop hitting the snooze button and say, Lord, if I don't see fruit in my life, keep bugging me until I wake up. Be like the, the irritating brother or sister that keeps coming in and telling you your parents. It's time to wake up. Mom and dad said wake up. Lord, be that way. Holy Ghost, I wake up, it's time to wake up. Mommy said, send me in here. You got to get up. Lord, see, make that your prayer. No matter what. Lord, if I'm not awake and I'm not producing the fruit of souls, disciples, revelation, power, fruit of the Spirit, heart and soul change, I'm not producing the power of intimacy. Lord, let the Holy Ghost be like that brother or sister sent from the Father to keep reminding me. It's time to wake up. 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 For many of you, that's been my voice for the last several years. Saying to you, without saying the words. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. That's been the voice you've been hearing coming from the platform. That's been the voice. It's time to get on fire. It's time to get serious. It's time for the things of God to be real in your life. There's a world that's dying that needs to see the life of God in you that the world may see just as a little boy with a little lunch but God sees a supernatural miracle if God actually performed a supernatural miracle through each person here today what would it look like next week can God do it yeah will he do it absolutely He's looking for somebody who'll say, here's my lunch. Here's me. Here's my life. Lord, let me be awake. Let me be used by you. Let me produce biblical fruit. It's time for an awakening. Make God's heart your heart. Be willing and obedient to do whatever his heart desires Isaiah says if you're willing and obedient if you're willing and obedient you will eat the good of the land I want you to take your communion
when we take communion, it's not the job for us to sit there and just take it like it's something that we do all the time. It's, it's our job to say, Lord, I esteem this today. I will do what you've called me to do. I will be the kind of person that has personal fruit. I will be the kind of person I'm committing. I'm not taking this lightly. This represents your body and your blood. You gave me your life, and today I give you my life. Today, Lord, as I take this communion, here's what I'm doing. I'm not hitting the snooze button anymore, but I'm turning the lights on. I'm getting dressed for my mission with God. I'm getting dressed to be uh, producing fruit in my life. I'm going to put on the clothing of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to be his hands and his feet. Today, Lord, I will be awake, and I will never snooze again on you. I can tell if I'm snoozing by the fruit I'm producing. And I won't be without fruit again. If that's you, just shout it from your car. Amen. That's me. I'll never go to sleep again. But I will take responsibility for the fruit that the Bible tells me I should have. Take the body and the blood Lord today Lord today we take this bread and this cup and Father we make a commitment to you I just invite you right now pray this with me Jesus you are the Lord of my life you're the director. You call the shots, and I will be obedient. You tell me to wake up, I'll wake up. I see in your word. You've already told me to be a producer of fruit, and I will be producing fruit from this day forward. I will not snooze again. I believe that you took my sin, my mess, and you took it to the cross and the grave. And I believe that God brought you back to life. Say it with me. I believe that God brought you back to life. And when he raised you up from that grave, he raised me up. He did not leave me in a place of death. He did not leave me in a place without fruit. But he brought me up to life and seated me in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers that would try to keep me from fruit. In Christ, I have ability to be awake and produce. And I will do it today. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Ghost and fire to be the witness you've called me to be, to produce the fruit that's assigned to me. Father, thank you. And today I receive you as Lord and Savior. Amen. You may take it. Father, right now, in order to be who you've called us to be. 
We must be empowered supernaturally by you. We must have your supernatural grace. It's something we could have never done without you. But with you, you can turn such a mess and a small thing into a supernatural victory. Today, Father, we receive your power. If there's anybody that's needing anything right now, if you need healing in your body, you need a job, you need finances to turn around, you need anything in your life whatsoever, just raise your hands right where you sit. And Lord, I just ask right now, right now, right in their cars, in their homes, wherever they're hearing this or listening to it, whether it be live or on the replay, Lord, Father, right where they sit, let your power just overflow their lives right now. What they're called to do, to win souls, make disciples, pray and see the power of God release, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of intimacy with you, every piece of personal growth in their life. Lord, let them rise up. Let them be strengthened with all your might to be who they're called to be today. Father, let no one, hallelujah, Father, let no one that's hearing this message think small of themselves again, but Lord, let everyone walk in the fullness of your power like they've never walked in before. Lord, let it be a reality that they be who God has called them to be. Let them be not one of them, small in the eyes of God, but powerful and mighty through Jesus Christ. Lord, let them be everything you've called them to be. Let nothing hold them back. Let every blockade, every hurdle be supernaturally removed before they even get there. They will be called overcomers and more than conquerors, used by you, producing the fruit of God. Father, let them be used to do exploits. Let them not be held back in Jesus' name. Lord, let them receive your fullness. Lord, let them be so hungry to share the gospel that it's hard for them to be held back. That people have a hard time not hearing or not seeing the power of God when they are around because it's so real to them. Lord, bring your supernatural solutions right now in Jesus' name. We thank you and we praise you. Amen.